Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Is everybody ready? We're ready. Yep. Typical disgusting Oh, tonight we got them. Goldie, the Sulk, and JC. Oh, welcome back to another episode of a typical disgusting display podcast for writers by writers who hate writing. Let's just jump into it this week. Well, first of all, we're getting some angry backlash over your uh, naked gun in the top five action films. (laughs) Uh, oh really you know so there have been a few emails popping up about that (laughs) just if you wanted a a follow-up statement about why you did that my follow-up statement about the angry reaction is fuck you (laughs) first joke of the day first joke of the day (laughs) well said the rebuttal from the debate master (laughs) go fuck yourself um, well, but speaking of anger, we, we talk about uh, this uh, from time to time on the podcast, uh, Goldie's anger, my anger. And uh, we all remember, you know, I'm still, I was within the uh, Chernobyl, we're still within the Chernobyl blast zone of my 50th uh, birthday party. Chernobyl? <laughs> Chernobyl. Sunny and, sunny and Chur? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah, what finally I finally I get a word wrong yeah. and you're yes. right there on the Are you going to have some potato chips after the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that chi- that ship has sailed. <laughs> um anyway, so even that you got me angry. You got me started. Okay. So, well now you're even angrier. <laughs> yeah. So, it's well documented on this podcast. I have issues with anger. I'm in therapy. I'm in group therapy, individual therapy, which I'm loving, by the way. Cool. And, uh, I, you know, I've come to realize that much in the way that you watch a, a toddler or a, an infant trying to walk or a child trying to ride a bike, that's kind of how I am with expressing my anger. Like, I'm s- so unpracticed at it that it is like watching a child uh, get angry or, or trying to do something, struggling and failing. So it's, it's awkward. And it's something that obviously I need to have more practice with. I I think for years I had been sort of under this, this theory that 
If I just avoid it or breathe through it or ignore it or tell myself, oh, don't be mad, like that that's the way to go. Obviously, that does not work. Right. It just needs to come out in a more effective way. So with that as a backdrop, and obviously the focus here is on my relationship with Tall because she is the one who you know, unfairly will bear the brunt of it when it kind of explodes out of me in in very inappropriate ways. So there's this notion, and I'm sure we've all heard it, and I think, JC, you're you're living it. So there's this notion of, like, you, wanna, you want your partner to be your best friend. Mm-hmm. You want to be living with your best friend. You no. want to be... <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you're already saying no to this. So no, here, here, I want my wife to be my wife and my best friend to be my best friend. Those are two different things. Okay, okay that's well, fair. In well, my here, mind. Okay, well, listen to this. Okay. And then make your decision. You'll you'll <laughs> right. probably make the same we'll decision. Do. So instantly when I, I, I... I've been thinking about this more lately because I do actually want... I want exactly that. Like I, I want to consider tall my best friend and I feel like I fail at that you know at different moments like I'm coming up short on that and that's you know it's not her fault it's just kind of like because I'm I'm unable to process these emotions so I think about my best friends I think about Goldie right here I think about uh, John Viner I think about you know Todd Kidder and and how do I what what's my interaction with them and and then, of course, I take it to the next level of like, oh, God, you know, if I were sort of rooming with them, like things would be easier. But then I think like, yeah, but if I was raising a kid with with Todd Kidder uh, or, you know, <laughs> dividing up my my house chores with Goldie, it would lead to the, the same kinds of uh, anger and conflict that that comes up now with Tall. What a weird left turn. <laughs> so, Crazy. no, I'm just saying, like, okay. right, 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 right. You, you know, you, you if you want your wife to be your best friend, you think about your best friends and, As like, how, how, how do I interact with them? Okay. Like, what's different? Yeah. So one very easy thing. Should we start thing. sharing a shopping list? <laughs> we Wait, could just start slow. Do you mean sharing a chopping <laughs> list? I don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> so... Anyway, so I'm taking this thought at further and I'm like, okay, obviously there are some differences and it doesn't quite all line up, but what's a simple thing that maybe I can do to help, you know, refocus my relationship with Tall as a best friend? And the one, the one thing I thought of right away is so now I will talk to Tall and like when I talk to her, I'll just say like, "No, I don't want to do that, dude." <laughs> like I just start throwing in dude and bro oh, and like in okay. like the sentences and if so the first time I did it Tal was like what 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 are you saying and I told and I explained it to her I was like you know wife is best friend so I want to start talking to you like a friend to her credit she instantly found that delightful leapt on that and now yeah. is like talking to me back in the in the same kind of way and we've been doing this now for like a week and. I, the change has been night and day. Like it's crazy how much lighter everything is when we're communicating. And now I'm not going to roll off or after sex and say thanks, dude. But like you know, <laughs> roll it, off, it, it, roll it, off. Yeah. <laughs> so it like, but I'm saying this weird little simple hack has created a, an entirely new atmosphere in our home. So yeah. I'm throwing that out there as a T- tiny, small piece. If anyone else out there is struggling and yeah. they're looking for some some kind of shakeup, 
Yeah. Call Try your wife this. dude. <laughs> Call your <laughs> wife dude. <laughs> it, I'm telling you, it it absolutely so far has worked like a Do child. you have any female friends? That <laughs> I, I know. Well, Shit. I mean, I have you. <laughs> <laughs> You're my friend, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. I was just wondering because I remember when when Stu and I first started dating, we were friends first, right? Right. But my expectation of my boyfriends versus my guy friends are so extreme. So like once we went extremely over, different. Oh yeah. Once yeah. we he became my boyfriend, it was like my the expectation went from no expectation to the highest of expectations. So I was right. constantly disappointed. Which was my own doing, you know. He yeah. never changed. It was me. But then, because I, I kind of went through the whole thing that you're going through. Like, but for me, it was like, how do we get back to being best friends? So I had to remember what it was like. Like, how do I treat my best friends? What are my expectations? And yes. why can't I blend them somewhat? Yes. So I That's feel like you well say said. dude is your version of lowering the expectation on yourself as well. And for whatever it, it is, it has decreased the pressure in an, an incredible amount. Um, yeah. So, I'm, I, Goldie, do you want to start? Oh, it's funny. I think dude, I'm already right? doing a version of that without knowing it, which was that I would say maybe 70% of whatever Steph and I say to each other, the other person just goes, shit, bitch. Yeah, and we, yes, and we get yes. on and we get on with our life like it's like yeah. oh she didn't she didn't eat her dinner it's like shit bitch <laughs> and, and so, so uh, you're there already it, you're making it was, fun of it, me it, so awesome. it, no but it <laughs> i did it so much to the point that uh, two weeks ago at work another writer <laughs> said something to me like oh it's time room and i go shit bitch and then i was like oh fuck i'm so sorry like you're not allowed to say that at work to a female co-worker oh my god and it was in front of like four people and i was like what have i done (laughs) but she was fortunately cool about it and thought it was funny but i yeah i mean look i don't I think Steph and I, the other day, we're talking about we've been together 15 years or something, which seems insanely long. And it's been every form of good and every form of bad. And like the thing that makes it sort of interesting is that it keeps going and where is it going to go next? So, you know, this could be the five years where you call each other dude. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and I'm here that's, for it. That's what it'll be. But it's it's interesting hearing JC's take on it is I wanted to talk a little bit this week about how I really feel we named this podcast wrong and it should have been called Back to Zero, which is something yes. that we're always trying to get to, which is you're trying to get the spark from when you first met and return that. to that, right? And yes. like with my my own life and some of what I outlined last week like I was flailing just to get back on my feet. And this week, I don't want to do this every week, but it kind of continued where there was a giant gas leak at our house. Oh, yeah. So the gas company had to come shut it off. So we had no hot water, you know, couldn't bathe, couldn't wash clothes, couldn't cook, you know, still still had the kids going. And I, I talked about my kid being sick last week. Like I had to uh, I, I had to pick her up from school on Friday because she said, I blew up a balloon too hard and I broke my jaw, which it's like, (laughs) that didn't happen. But so I've just been scrambling. I've been filthy. 
It's it's my kid's birthday. Right. Aww. She's seven. So we're trying to make all this happen. Where we stink. We have piles of dishes everywhere. <laughs> the ovens pull out of the wall. And and I'm just trying to get back to the point where I can take a shower. And then like the ice in the refrigerator coincidentally breaks. So oh, I gosh. love ice. So yeah. I can't get heat. I can't get, get cold. cold. Oh, shit. It is essentially like, you know, 32 AD in my house. Right. Like there's, right. I, I'm just at the whim of, of the temperature. Like I, yes. I, I couldn't do anything. And so I was this morning, I was out in the rain walking the dog, which is another thing. And he finally shit. And I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to gather the shit. And cause it's raining. Like as I'm doing, as I'm gripping the pieces of shit, it's falling apart even more. And the harder I try to get more shit, the more it's breaking apart. And it's like, but when I'm done, all I have is a shit in a bag. And this is life. Like, this is like the more you try to work on every area, yes. the harder it is to get back to zero, which is this yes. formed shit that you just wanted to pick up in one piece. And then, you know, speaking of calling your wife, dude, every morning, as I'm walking back to the house, Steph drives by me driving the kids to school. So we have a funny moment where we wave or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then this morning, I st- I was out in the rain, and I stood holding the bag of shit <laughs> above my head in triumph as she drove by. But I do think it, it, it's we're all trying to – and then back to zero, literally – you, yeah. as you approach death, you're going north zero. And I just think there's this it profound thing where name. we're always trying to get back to something that was, but forgetting that when we were in that moment, we were also discontent about something else. So the only thing that helps is, I think, realizing that even this thing that we are now lionizing is the way to be was a period of discontent. So if we can project into the future, looking back, the moment we are experiencing now will likely be looked upon as something where we wished we hadn't let the discontent take control because it wasn't a big deal. Right. Oh, totally. That's a depressing and accurate analysis. <laughs> well, I think it should be it's uplifting gr- it because yeah. it, it's just like, hey, whatever this is, is it's fine. Yeah, but see, that's what I would, that's how I spent most of my life trying to get to. Like, it's yeah. fine, but it, that doesn't. It, that's just not working for me. Well, also, I think you're working on this, but the whole idea of anger for you, the meaning of anger must have a very specific meaning. Like if you're angry, that means this. And that's yes. why you're not letting yourself be angry. Very so whatever <laughs> whatever that this is, is the thing that you should identify. Oh, God, how the, dare you the, say the, that? The, I mean, I, is I'm it, angry about that. Is it the, you know... The dad leaving home, meaning that any anger is permanent change of the family structure deep down to the, the child. That's interesting. We we talk about that in therapy. We're, we're on that. And it's funny. And my, my dad listens to this podcast every week. Thank you, dad, for doing that. Um, and my dad loves my new therapist because my therapist <laughs> has totally identified my mom's side of the family as the problem. <laughs> like, right. He's just like every week he's just like, oh, he's like, yeah, you know, people get divorced. But then your mom and your grandfather did this and they didn't let you do this and you couldn't express yourself and you can right. only be happy and you can only do this. And so a lot of the that. focus is no. like dad's off the hot seat. Ooh, right. For sure. I like that. Yeah. I, I like any dad being off the hot seat. <laughs> yeah. So. I, I just know where my kids are headed, where it's like when my kid broke her wrist, she fell off a 
a jungle gym thing, and I got my reaction in the moment was like, "What the fuck?" Because <laughs> <laughs> I just couldn't believe that I was now in a situation where I had to go to the hospital, or whatever. And she, she turned out to be ultimately fine, but. Man, it is so hard. I mean, it's it's so hard to be, you know, to judge your parents when you're a parent and you, and you just go, I don't know that I'm even doing as good a job, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But just really quickly, maybe your therapist is right. Whatever your interpretation of what anger, you being angry means, it's like it's rooted in that core belief of if I'm angry, this isn't just an example. If I'm angry, that means I'm a bad person. Yes. And you have been avoiding being this bad person that you've denied yourself the ability to be who you are or your natural reactions are. Oh, which, the which next is an, an angry asshole. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> which is okay because it's not permanent. Just be comfortable with that. Yeah, it's not a We'd permanent place. That's yeah. good to hear. That's good to hear. Thanks for talking me through that, guys. Um, Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery Starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs. Now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Something well, else I got something it. that'll lighten your load. Yeah, go for it. Oh, Johnny Jokes. I thought we oh, <laughs> shit. All right. Let's get in to Johnny Jokes. <laughs> Whoa! From the tropical rainforest of Los Angeles, here's Janice. Oh, God. Like a Pavlovian dog with that theme. Uh, you, you get the soft intro here of our guest, the soft intro. We're, we're so excited to have Sean Clements here. And he has agreed to do Johnny Jokes with us. So yes. uh, we're very excited for that. So, Sean, why don't you take it away? Well, let me set the stage a little bit first, guys, just because, I, you know, I'm a fan of the show. Um, I know this is a soft intro, so I don't want to get too deep into it, but I'm a disgusty. I've been yeah. listening from the beginning. And, <laughs> You're um, awesome. I, you know, I love the Johnny jokes. It's yes. admirable. You two are so skilled at it, and you complain hmm. every week about so you don't having listen. to write no. it. <laughs> and... and you know, I sometimes I thought, what are these guys complaining about? It's just a couple monologue jokes. But then when I got the text from JC, do you want to do Johnny jokes? I was paralyzed. It took you a minute to even reply. Two full days I didn't respond. Didn't sleep a wink. Tossing and turning, wrestling. Can I do Johnny jokes? And I finally decided, look, this is advice for writers. We're teaching young writers. You know, it's an educational service you provide. Yeah. And 
you got to do things that scare you. Yes. <laughs> you got to be bold. You got to <laughs> learn new skills. So like, no, I never worked for a late night show. You know, you've had a lot of reps, but let me get in <laughs> so there. So you wrote some jokes. So, uh, so I have one joke. You have, what? Wait, you have, wait, you, you have you, one? <laughs> Let's redo the intro, Goldie. Johnny joke. <laughs> Here's Johnny. I have a Johnny joke, but you know what's the issue, Goldie? Well, here's the thing, and I, I want to step back a little bit and, and give a little more context to our listeners, is because you and I have a relationship, and you know it's it's a mentor mentee relationship that has flipped numerous times. It's Aww. it's unclear who the mentor is, and it's unclear who the mentee is. I don't think either one of us knows. So. You know, what you view as an assignment to write Johnny jokes, I view it as an opportunity that we're giving Sean a forum to reach our audience of executives, our audience of writers, and display his lightning quick wit Yes, to the likes of some of our prominent guests who have come on. So you've disregarded that. You've disrespected that already. But the second thing is, I, I think you're underselling to our audience. You called me last night. I... I I think you were crying. I, it, it was hard to tell because you have two kids. I don't know if it's you or them. And, and you're saying, I, I don't know if I can do it. I'm not sure I can do it. And separately, and I didn't want to tell you this, I, I got a few texts from your wife that were like, hey, you know, I, I know you, you know, I know we don't really text, but I'm really worried about Sean. And... You know, I, I said, I don't think he's going to harm himself or you, <laughs> but I understand, like, the pressure he, he thinks he's under. Um, but was last night okay in, in your house? Like, you got back to bed. I mean, she said, you know, he's, I've never seen him like this. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Uh, it was, it, it got pretty dark. Um, I didn't know. Obviously, she was texting you but she, she well, was on her it, it phone was, a lot i think she texted a lot of people uh, yeah. about what was it was a wellness internally. check like she asked me if i could come over and perform a wellness check and i i said from what you're telling me he's unwell i don't know why i need to drive over there to yeah. wellness check someone we know is unwell i that could just, check that from here yeah right that seems like a, could you you know secretly point your camera at him and i could just do the wellness check and say he's unwell and when when you when you say it got pretty dark, was that around seven p.m.? Because that might just be normal. <laughs> okay, you know I didn't even consider that. Okay. I, just think honestly, about that. time has no meaning for me when I'm in that mode. When I get into when I go into the cave of Johnny joke writing, well, I'm I, no I, longer aware. I think of with like, that context, we're ready to set it up and say to our audience, "Okay, guys, here comes." Sean's joke, and it's probably the greatest joke we've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, Johnny, no it's a Johnny joke. And I know, yes, I know you're disappointed I only wrote one, but sometimes no, you no, take that first it. pitch over the fence. There we go. <laughs> I love that attitude. It's true. I love it. And so, and and I will not be doing an impression. Oh, for <laughs> fuck's sake. <laughs> this let's, is the mighty let's Casey at the bat. All right, go ahead. <laughs> all right, all right. <clears throat> A high-tech Swiss train, formerly known as the Golden Pass Express, had its name changed this week to honor famed country singer Shania Twain. The train's new name? Shania Choo Choo. <laughs> <laughs> 
you subverted our expectations. Uh, You know, that was good. Good I can't complain about that. And boy, you know what I realized, Goldie, with, with it's kind of good doing one in a way because I mean, in a way, I feel like we can hide really shitty ones by doing four. Well, you, you know, can. Like, you do five. Yeah, a exactly. Lot. No, you've never had to hide one. But I mean, <laughs> I can definitely, as you'll see in these four coming up, you just you just bury one shitty one and keep moving and let right. people's sort of let's jaws see. drop. What do you hey, mean? Let's, let's see. Let's Don't cut. give me the let's oh. see treatment. That's for Sean. <laughs> Here we go. go ahead, let's, get it. Let, let's show him how it's Here not. Here we go. Yeah. Um, show him how it's not done. Oh, master. Okay. <laughs> uh, after a push for sweeping wage equality legislation. President Biden says he hopes that America will hold the same opportunity for his daughters that it has for his sons. Uh, an update, uh, Republicans have seized Biden's daughter's laptop. <laughs> Thank you, Goldie. <laughs> that is good. <laughs> Thank you. And some birthday news. Bruce Willis celebrated his 68th birthday, one that relatives are calling bittersweet after his dementia diagnosis. Uh, on the plus side, he no longer remembers Hudson Hawk. Boy, you Hudson are heartless. Hawk. <laughs> what speaking, happened to you? Speaking of birthdays, moving right on. See what I did? Moving right on. Speaking of birthdays, Baron Trump celebrated his 16th birthday last week. And like most teen boys, he spent the evening under the bleachers, desperately trying to get a cute girl to play with his subpoenas. Well... <laughs> He's got his subpoenas because yeah. his father's in trouble. And now I'm going to end like Goldie on a norm. <laughs> All right. Uh, in just two months, chat GPT has gone from a 10% chance of passing the bar exam to a 90% chance of passing the bar exam. Baffled scientists have come to only one conclusion. Chat GPT has converted to Judaism. <laughs> Take it away, Goldie. Those were, those for were the good. love yeah. of Christ. Except I, you know, Bruce Willis. I, I didn't know you were a, such a fan of punching down. Okay, here okay. comes the bald community steps up. Here we go. Well, France is engulfed in protests after French workers got enraged when the retirement age was raised from sixty-two to sixty-four. Uh, the protests are scheduled between eleven and eleven fifteen a.m. Mondays and Thursdays with rest breaks. From 11.05 to 11.10. (laughs) Lazy people. Lazy workers. Okay. Well, you talked about it earlier, but AI, artificial intelligence, has come up with a cancer cure in just 30 days. Yeah. uh, Unfortunately, they don't take your insurance. Oh, Oh, bummer. Got them. Los Angeles Metro riders are reporting drug overdoses and masturbators on the train. But uh, don't worry, that's just Ezra Miller and Les Moonves getting a jump on the workday. <laughs> oh, God, that was good. Two good names. Uh, and another celebrity news, 92-year-old Rupert Murdoch is engaged to be married. Uh, bride-to-be Anne Leslie Smith has reportedly already purchased lingerie in anticipation of her wedding nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> And finally, and finally, a new bill in Florida would ban any discussion of menstruation in the classroom. Yeah, uh, they're so serious about it, they're teaching that every sentence ends with a penis. (laughs) (laughs) 
once again, love the wow. pronunciation. Menstruation. No wasted <laughs> letters. No le- wasted letters none, there. None at all, my friend. Uh, all right, great. Goldie. This is this. He's your friend. Why yeah. don't you let us know who we're talking to today? He's your friend. And our friend. So, when I met this guy, really didn't like him. <laughs> Very common. And the possible? reason I didn't like him was because I instantly realized he was very much funnier than I am. I was very jealous and concerned, had a sense of my own fraudulence. Um, <laughs> one of the, if not the funniest writer I've ever met. I'm, I'm proud to call him, I think, good friend. You, you never know with him. You know, you never know what he's actually thinking. And he's, and it's someone who I know who I, you know, I haven't introduced to you, Alec, because as I told you earlier, I, uh, I tend to keep my friends siloed because I find when, when they meet, I get cut out of the equation almost yeah, instantly and they, they don't need me anymore. Yeah. But, uh, welcome Sean Clements. Welcome. Uh, yes. All right, Sean, I guess you've worked on nothing. All right. Nice to meet you. No, well, we'll we're about to go. So I, Sean okay. has done a lot. And the first thing I want to do is Sean has a very popular podcast called Hollywood Handbook. It's, What's it's, that like? It's far more popular than this one. Um, and it's, a, it's an insider's... But you've got power listeners. Yeah. No. But, but you have listener listeners. Yes, actual listeners. <laughs> but for those who are uninitiated, and for those like me who are fans and initiated, what is your podcast? You know, I don't know. I don't either. <laughs> I've been um, on it twice, and I didn't. I didn't know what was happening. Were you making fun of me? Was that, I making fun of me? I was, and everyone pretty much finishes the show and goes like, "Is that what you wanted? Is it supposed to be like that?" Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, it's not. It's not as popular as you're making it out to be. And part of the reason is um, when people ask me what the show is, I go like, "Well, originally, <laughs> it, was, it was sort of this." Um, Hayes and I, my friend Hayes, who hosts it with me. We're pretending to be like Hollywood insider big shots and kind of giving fake industry advice. Oh. Then it just became us growing pettier and pettier about how every other podcast was more popular than we are. <laughs> and like complaining about that. Yeah. And then um, now it's almost come all the way back around <laughs> to like <laughs> us uh, torturing the guest by like basically like reading their own interviews back to them and telling them what they should have said instead. <laughs> Well, it's so funny. It, it it really is funny, and I congratulate you and Hayes on it because the it, it was like when Goldie first told me about it, you know, over well over a year ago, and I checked it out. I felt, uh, as I was telling Goldie earlier, I felt like a a model who suddenly realized I was wearing last year's fashions, you know, and li- and listening to it, I felt so old because I ha- I could hear it echoing in my mind, almost like a a guy from the 1950s. I was saying to myself, "Oh, they're doing a bit. They're doing a bit." <laughs> like I'm like, hey, "Helen, get over to the radio. These two are doing a bit." But it, the bit is so great, and when I listen to it. And I've listened to many more since, and I listened to more last night. And I had a thought of like, because I love how you guys just start like you're in the middle of some conversation about, you know, something that you're working on. So I thought maybe if you three would indulge me, um, Hmm. that I could just start in the middle of a bit. So I've got this thing. So far, I've got so, so Paul Blart's back. 
And this time, uh, his apprentice is uh, none other than Kyle Rittenhouse. And so there's a lot of, sir, do you have your receipt? Kyle, no. (laughs) And then, you know, I have another scene where Paul has to give uh, mouth to mouth to a a guy who's been shot through by Kyle. And, you know, he's got to actually get his lips on the other guy's lips. Well, I have... I just yeah. instantly, I'm I'm going to jump the gun, and I have some like a the Act Two epic journey. Is that something happens to end Act One? Yeah, the the mall's in lockdown. Kyle needs his gun, but Paul Blart has to drive him back across state lines to his mom's place to go get the gun, and that can be an epic road trip. I love this Ooh, road trip. I love this. I'm already yeah. feeling better about it. Yeah, I mean, I think there's something. I think there's a lot there. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I don't know if Sean does. Based on no, his. I I I love it, and I'm just like, you know, I get to sit back and just watch the show. I'm always doing the show, but here's this great opportunity that I have to be the guest who's a little uncomfortable. That should be he doesn't know last. if he's being made fun of. Right? Your final episode is you guys are the guests on your own show. Oh, that would be great. Oh, That's wow. how you should wrap it. But how did you? So you and Hayes. We're going to go back in your improv background stuff, but you and sure. Hayes, how did you start a podcast together? Because you weren't improving together, right? No, no, no. We met writing for a TV show called Alan Gregory. Yeah. Hold your applause. David um, Goodman. David Goodman. <laughs> David Goodman ran it. But Hayes and I were both staff writers on that. And then I really liked Hayes uh, and we got along well in the room, but he is a horrible communicator. He's impossible to keep in touch with, like doesn't answer texts. So I sort of was like, well, if we do a podcast together, he'll have to talk to me because we'll see each other every week to record. So this is how I'll keep him as my friend. Um, But then unfortunately, I ended up tying up a lot of my business with someone who doesn't answer texts or emails. So there's, you know, there's a give and take there. But um. Because you were the first person I knew who had a podcast. Because when we were at, at Making History, you had a podcast, right? You had it back then, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and, we've been doing it. And Karen it. Kilgariff yeah, had her, I think, had her very popular podcast. Although, but oh, in yeah. my mind, I was like, oh, they're dicking around with these podcasts. You know? <laughs> no. Meanwhile, she's like a gajillionaire no. from it, and you've been very successful yeah. with it more than the show. But I was like... We all know I'm in charge here with the TV show. <laughs> You've got a podcast. I've got a TV show. Order slash to nine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm your boss. Like, why do you to. think? Why do you think Hayes I've got a third of a season? Why do you think Hayes has trouble texting? Because for those of you who don't know, so his name is Hayes. It's his name is like Hayes Washington Wales Davenport or something incredibly. <laughs> Hayes Hamilton Davenport. Oh, that's right. That's right. So he yeah. he wrote for Family Guy and the Cleveland Show. That's how. Oh. And Goldie, you not the Cleveland show, not the not Cleveland, Cleveland show, show. just family, family guy. He was on the grinder with us for a week. He somehow had a deal where his deal was uh, his contract said just waltz in whenever, <laughs> whatever you want, man. <laughs> if you, yes, if you waltz. if you deign to grace us with your presence in the room. <laughs> well, so I picture someone like that. They don't text. Everything's like you know an ink pot and a feather quill and stuff like. Is that what it is? That might be part of it. I accused him. Uh, I recently learned the factoid because he's a history buff, and I learned that I guess Napoleon wouldn't answer his letters for two weeks oh. um, because he was like, "Well, if they if they hit me up again in two weeks, it was important enough to respond to, and if I never hear about it, 
it means that it didn't matter and I was correct to not respond. And so I texted Hayes to be like, did you learn this fact at a very impressionable age? And go like, I'm kind of like Napoleon. Um, I'm glad you cleared that up, though, because honestly, I have texted him once or twice over the years and he didn't return it. And I was like, very insulted and angry. A lot of people, yes. I I, I've told him, because I love Hayes and he's uh, brilliant. I just Funny, had a great conversation with him the other night. I ran into him. Yeah. The best guy. Um, but And he's actually gotten better about this, so I, I feel bad that I'm like trashing him on the podcast because he, he has <laughs> he improved he a lot. He won't listen. He won't listen. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Uh, and, but I, I, um, I have told him, like, this is your worst quality <laughs> as a friend, <laughs> and it is so bad that it sometimes outweighs everything else that I like about you <laughs> because it is so frustrating. Uh, um, but I don't know. He's a parent now. Maybe it'll change well, maybe he'll him. start responding. Well, I, I got to say about your podcast that I used to listen to it when I worked out. That was sort of the time I would set aside for it. And then That's I, had to, I had to stop. Uh, one day I, I was laughing so hard, I almost dropped a giant weight on my own head. Like, I really <laughs> almost died because of your podcast. Wow. The so, ultimate compliment. Yeah. Yeah. I've so seen, it's like, I've seen Col- Goldie's, what, what are they called? Turkish get-ups? I've yeah, seen with them. the kettlebell. It's yeah. pretty impressive. And, and it also, I had that thought, too, of like, Goldie, please don't kill yourself doing this. That would be scary, fine. Very scary. But uh, <laughs> I want to I talk to you, Sean, about, because I... I I want to go back a little bit to how you got into comedy, because this always was pretty fascinating to me. I don't know how much you want to talk about, but where your life was and mm-hmm. what you were doing when you got into improv, I believe, was your first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I started out doing like, yeah, uh, yeah UCB. And your, fir- your first guest, I think, who started out in the more modern way of improv and UCB. I think everyone else is older and sort of like, you know, did the Billy Joel song, My Life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and it gives him a stand-up routine in L.A. Um, Yeah, I think actually Heidi Gardner is the same way, right? Right. She she did that. But um, you're you're exactly like Heidi Gardner. (laughs) Yeah, we're very similar. But So you're in in Connecticut and and you're in college or something, right? Yeah, so I went to one semester of college, a school called Drew University. I went there partially because... um, I was like, I want to do acting, like acting and writing and theater stuff is like what I was interested in. And there was only one person I had ever met who was doing that, which is my neighbor was James Vanderbeek of Dawson's Creek. <laughs> oh, yes. So, and he so went the, to Drew? So the beak had gone to Drew. <laughs> oh, the beak. <laughs> <laughs> the beak went to, and he went, I think he only went for maybe a year or two. And then he got, he was like going into New York and auditioning. But it was, it was like a $5 train ride into the city. There was like a train right you know, right next to the college. And so I was like, oh, cool. You can go to New York and like start to like see shows or maybe audition if you get it going. And, and it had a good theater program and, um, uh, and they gave me a little money to play tennis. Um, but I went, uh, and then immediately flamed out, um, uh, had, uh, substance abuse issues, had like drug and alcohol stuff. So um, didn't go to class, only went to my <laughs> acting classes, totally ignored everything else, then went would home. Would you be sober for those or would you be like... No, no, no. Trash? I was, I was, I was like, I, I was insane. Like I was psychotic, you know? I was, 
was like awake for three days, then would sleep for a full day. Right. And so oh. t- to interact with me at any time, <laughs> I lost like 40 pounds. Like it was, it was pretty. Um, but were you the grim. same guy I know now? Were, like, were you funny and cutting and stuff? Or were you like life of the party lampshade on your head guy? Or were you kind of <laughs> like jock tennis wunderkind who everyone thought was tormented? Like what was the perception of you? If you're aware um, at all. I think I was probably more the the first thing you said of being like cutting and kind of like a um yeah just like a sardonically irreverent lad because oh, uh, yeah. I I can't picture you as like as like making like I can picture you as getting drunk and making fun of one person so much that everyone else was laughing but a lot out of fear that. It, they would be next. it would be them instead. Or yeah, if they, they were laughing, I'd be like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah." If they stopped, then your attention would go somewhere else, and it might be them. Yes, yeah, I was. Yes, I was a, a mean uh, comedy predator. I think that's what you're describing. <laughs> yeah, where it's like any movement then uh, invokes like you right. any, target any, of my any heat signature of my funny <laughs> jokes. <laughs> where, where where is Drew? Uh, it's in Madison, New Jersey. Oh, okay. Um, so not Connecticut. You grew up in Connecticut. I grew up in Connecticut, and then I went to school in in New Jersey. Um, and then I moved home to Connecticut. Uh, and you know, I think also like when I when I dropped out, I had a little bit of like, whatever, man. I don't need a fucking piece of paper to be an artist. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then I was like, I worked at a dry cleaner for four years. Oh, Jesus <laughs> just like did. Just did know that I started like um, cleaning cooling towers. Like I was just like working like oh. uh, really um, jobs that had nothing to do. Were, with Were you still kind of like drinking and drugging at your parents' house, or were you? Yes, clean at that yes. Point? I was. Yeah, I was drinking and drugging at my parents' house, and then and put them through hell. And they would be like, "Okay, we gotta kick him out." And then they'd be like, "Okay, we gotta." help him Um, (laughs) but the dry cleaner they never noticed the dry cleaner so (laughs) I was a mess there and like uh, whatever I would call them on a Saturday it'd be like and tell them some insane story about why I couldn't come to work (laughs) they'd be like no you have to come to work so that I would show up and I would be like Odd cocaine and like, right. bleeding or something, right. <laughs> <laughs> just like it put on like insanely loud music, like Neutral Milk Hotel, like just blasting, just people coming in being like, "What the fuck is happening here?" I fell asleep in the back at one point. Some guy came back and woke me up, and he's like, "I already got my clothes and everything." Just like you, you can't burn the candle at both ends, buddy. There was a subway next door that I was friends with the manager, and I would go in and get like a cup half full of Mountain Dew and like pour vodka and I was just like (laughs) getting fucked up at work the dream but but they didn't they didn't want to train someone else like I think that was so much of it like they were also lazy and we're like well he mostly does it we gotta hire someone new we gotta teach him the whole tag system so they let me work there then I quit or no I was I guess I was fired I just sort of stopped going and then I I got clean at one point and i came back here's a little just like a uh maybe a nice story i came back and while i was there at one point they came to me and they were like the drawer has been off 
money has been missing from the drawer. And I was like, oh my God, we got to get to the bottom of it. I, of course, was stealing. Um, <laughs> had been stealing for quite some time and no one had and noticed. So suddenly, so, you're lead, suddenly you're leading the investigation. Yeah, yes. the departed. Yeah. I was like, Jesus, well, I, I close the store every night. I haven't seen anyone come in and out. Let's check the cameras. Uh, <laughs> who is it? It's not you guys, is it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Who's stealing, the family or the one guy who isn't us? <laughs> yeah. So I went back after like getting clean and like having, you know, nothing going on and was like, hey, guys, I'll, you know, I, I would like to work here again. And they hired me back immediately. They were like, great. Yes, we still don't want to job. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, I did OK. So so then I start working there again and then. I started going through my like process of of sobriety and mm-hmm. and uh, got to like an an amends point in my mm-hmm. life um, where I I was doing a twelve step program and I went and I was like guys I part one of the you know factors of amends is financial amends and I was like I stole from you over a long period of time like I'm why the drawer was off and I sort oh. of like calculated like this is how much I think I owe you and you can fire me uh it will you know which i would understand it will take me a long time to pay you back um because i will have to go get another job (laughs) (laughs) or you know whatever if you want to like garnish my paycheck or something as as we're going through this process like i you know uh i will show up and um I'm not going to do that anymore. And, and by the way, here's how I stole. If you ever want to like look out for the signs in the future. <laughs> right. So they were like, okay, you can keep working here. And, um, and I was like, and I had whatever amount of money. I had like 320 bucks in my pocket. So I was like, here's $300. And I took the 20 and I went and like bought lunch and, uh, and a pack of cigarettes yes. and a $3 scratch off ticket. <laughs> and, and I did the scratch off ticket that night and I won a thousand dollars. Oh wow. my God. And so then I was like, and of course, immediately I was like, I don't want to give them this money. I can't believe I just won <laughs> But then I was like, oh no, this is like ba- pretty much what I owe them. And so then I went and uh, gave it to them the next day. So, wow. Oh my, what a, wow. How lucky. Yeah. Yeah. It was That's crazy. Incredible. Yeah. But you know, ended up being a very good symbol for me if I'm on the right path. Yeah, um, and so then your so your path eventually takes you to UCB. Was that UCB yes. in New York or LA? Yeah, so I it was in New York. So I was I was um, working odd jobs, and I uh, was starting to kind of get my life together. And I had a friend who I had gone to high school with, who um, we did plays together, and he was like. I'm taking classes at UCB and I was a fan of their show on Comedy Central and he was like, it's cool. Like, I'm Matt Walsh has walked through the class before and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> um, <and> like, <laughs> he, was, he was looking for his keys. So then... <laughs> right. Household name, so Matt Walsh. This coincided, and as most people's, I'm sure you've had a lot of guests whose comedy stories are similar. Uh, this coincided with the famous gates at Central Park that Christo um, had put up the art installation with the orange gates, which my mom and sister wanted to go see. So I was like, okay, well, let's all go to New York. And then like, they'll go to the gates and I'll go watch my friend's UCB class show. And I had heard a lot of people 
say since that like they saw like an amazing improv show and it inspired them that like wow this can be so funny and great and spontaneous i went to like a 101 class <laughs> show at 4 30 in the afternoon it was the worst <laughs> shit like it was so bad but i watched it and i went well, I could do better than this. Oh, like these yes. people are getting some laughs and I, I think I would kick their ass at this. <laughs> and I had had, you, I mean, you mentioned like coming up through stand-up. Like I had people a lot of times in my life be like, you, you should do stand-up. Like you're funny. You should do stand-up. And my response, uh, which however true it was, was like, I don't think that's how I'm funny. Like, mm. like I've never you written do. something like... I feel like I'm funny often in response to stuff. Like someone will say something and then I'll have like the right line to respond was how I saw myself anyway. So when I saw long form improv, which I had never seen before, I was like, oh, this is it. Like this is the vehicle for what I like to do was yeah. how I felt. And so I started taking the Metro North train uh, from New Haven into New York City for classes Another, uh, I'll tell you another weird like fate story, which is I, I then did my 101 class show that my friend was at. We're about to go out and do the show and the teacher comes back and it's, again, it's at 4.30 on like a Sunday afternoon. So Somebody's there's, there's only like- from the drawer. <laughs> <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's only like five people in the theater and the, um, the improv teacher comes back and goes, um, why is Minnie Driver in the front row of my class show? <laughs> and one of the guys in the class was like, oh, my roommate is the guitar player in her band, and so we're friends. Whoa. So she came. So I went out and I did this 101 class show, and it went fine. And I was walking out, and uh, Minnie Driver grabbed me on the shoulder and was like, hey, you're going to keep doing this, right? Wow. And I was like, oh, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to take the next class. And she was like, yeah, you really should. Wow. And so, um, Was there so also I, a therapist telling you it's not your fault? It's not your fault. <laughs> <laughs> You're just burbling that's, into their sweater. But that's so nice of it's her. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was really nice. Um, Especially since that's know. the exact type of person I feel like you would slam. <laughs> yeah. In which oh, way? She had no idea. <laughs> yeah. The second she left, I yeah, nice, destroyed nice her. Mr. Ed just told me to keep going. <laughs> now, put a year on this. What what year is this about? This was like 2005. Okay. 2004, right. 2005. Yeah, around there. Um, anyway, I got into UCB through that and started doing improv and really enjoyed it and then had this feeling of like, People should be putting me on stage and writing things for me and, and know what was so that I was like, OK, I'll start writing and and started writing uh, sketches for myself, but got put on a house sketch team and then started writing for other people and ended up through that getting more confident as a writer and really getting a better response to my writing than to my performing, if you could believe that, and then got the opportunity to submit to there was a show uh, an MTV animated pop culture based sketch show Celebrity called Popzilla. Oh no! It was called Popzilla. No, less less famous than Celebrity. <laughs> De I would kill to be on Celebrity. Death <laughs> I got rejected from Celebrity Deathmatch. I wasn't yeah, good enough. I think for I it. did too. I mean, I um, for for writing. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, didn't, well, I was so rejected. I didn't even get to submit. Um, <laughs> but this was somebody from UCB in LA 
was like one of the showrunners. So it just reached out to UCB in New York and was like, hey, sketch sketch writers you have can submit. And so I submitted and got hired as a contributor. And it was like, you get, you know, 50 bucks if you sell them an idea. You sent them 20 ideas every week. And then I was selling the most ideas and they called me and were like, do you want to come work here? Uh, like in person, we're in LA. And I was like, yes. And they were like, okay, you have six days to <laughs> like move across yeah. the country and start writing for this non-union MTV animated show. <laughs> um, and it's week to week. There's like no guarantee of anything. <laughs> yes. But that that got me moved out, out to LA. Yeah. So well, did you have money saved at that point from doing HVAC work or like what did you have? No. Oh, when no. When I first moved to New York, well... <laughs> One of my jobs was that uh, in the while I was doing the the cooling tower work, after I left the dry cleaner, I, I met a guy. <laughs> I met a guy at a poker game, and I was making him laugh a lot. And he went like, "What do you do?" And I was like, "I work at a dry cleaner." And he was like, "How much do they pay you?" And I told him, and he was like. I'll pay you twice as much to come work for me. I clean Aww. cooling towers. Do it. And I was Done. like, all right. So I was like, you got it. It was dangerous. It was like <laughs> using these like industrial pressure washers that like if you accidentally shoot yourself, just like blooded water like shoots out of a hole oh, in you. No. Like, oh, it, was, it was a total nightmare. You put on it, you got up at like 4 a.m., put on like a Tyvek suit and like these air masks because like you're cleaning like algae that has all this bacteria that carries legionnaires disease. But anyway, I did that. <laughs> then while I was doing that, I started, this is, I guess, similar to, cause Heidi Gardner did like hair, right? She was yeah. a hairstylist. Yeah, yes. correct. I was, um, my mother had heard an interview with John Corbett where he said that he was a hairstylist oh. and that it was a great job for an actor, because you have clients, you make your own schedule, you don't work like a 40-hour week. Yeah. And um, my mom suggested that I go check out the massage therapy school in Connecticut. <laughs> it was like a nice, like accredited school. <laughs> and so I went and I became a licensed massage therapist. What? Oh, yes. Um, wow. I forgot so I started, about this. <laughs> I started working in spas and salons and stuff in Connecticut. And then uh, as I was traveling into New York, and then when I moved to New York... I got a job there working for a company that like sent you out to different venues. So like I went to like, I went like on tour with Cirque du Soleil for a little bit where I'd work on the wow. acrobats. Yeah. Oh, wow. um, <laughs> can I just in interrupt for one second? I can't imagine a more stressful experience than getting a massage from you. <laughs> like what was people's reaction? Like your hand touching my back. With your oh, attitude, then, I would just instantly like freeze up. I could turn it on, Goldie. Like what's it, like if you're giving me a massage, like walk me through. I walk in. I walk in. I'm staying at the hotel or whatever. I go, hey, what you, you walk in. Okay, yeah. I, right, I So say, I'm the client. I'm the client. Goldie, thanks so much for coming in today. Uh, you know, is there anything in particular that's bothering you today? Any areas you want me to focus on? Yeah, my lower back is just. Your lower back. Jammed. It's jammed. Okay, great. All right, we're gonna figure that out. So I'm gonna step out of the room. Uh, <laughs> go ahead. You know, undress to your comfort level. Then I'm gonna ask you to get on the table, face down, put on the sheet. I'll knock on the door in the minute and come back in. Wait, why didn't you say dick? Why is there down? so much mystery around it? You have to say dick down. I want you to get on the table, dick down, and I will be yeah. back in. Yeah, but yeah, 
And like, do you like when you're giving a massage? And do you like when people make little noises to let you know, or or no? Would you rather they're totally frozen in silence? I'm in another world when I'm doing it. It has nothing to do with you. Oh my god! How did we get? We got I can't s- control your experience. <laughs> we got oh, so far off track here, so uh, but I had a I had an actual question about writing. If we can go back to that for a second, okay, I no, guess. I guess. You think your listeners will like that better than me simulating go doing an ASMR spa experience? Go for on my stomach. I have a hiatal hernia, so when you get down there, be careful. Um, when you talk about writing. For an improv show, forgive my ignorance on this. What does that mean? Because in my mind, I'm thinking like, well, you come out there and somebody says Starbucks and then you just go. So what does no, writing for something like uh, UCB mean? That, no, that's a failure in storytelling on my part, which is a, a <laughs> theme in my career. Um, so, so I started out doing improv and got put on like a house improv team. You never write for improv. Improv is exactly that. You come yeah. out, you get a suggestion. Um, and then you do scenes based off it. And, and um, so you don't, in your mind, go into, you don't ever go into a preloaded bit, maybe? No, no, no. As I did it more and more, there's sometimes were like, whatever, things that would recur. Like, I did a show out here for like 10 years. We were all, we'd all been friends forever. And sometimes we'd stumble into something where it's like, okay, we're going to do <laughs> this joke again. Or there's like some opportunity to do this same character and it was sort of like more for us that we would do the same bit and sometimes i would go out setting a goal for myself of like okay when i go in there like i'm gonna do less like writing in my head i'm gonna pick like a really strong emotional reaction to whatever the first thing that said to me like i'm gonna be like (laughs) devastated by it or get angry (laughs) and so i would have a preloaded like this is something I want to work on basically, or like, this is how I want to approach the scene tonight because I'm doing too much falling back and it just kind of like being on my heels and like coming up with a clever line. So there's that, but I would never be like tonight. I'm going to reverse engineer a way to like do this kind of material. <laughs> right. right. Okay. So sorry, I interrupted. Yeah. So the right, the writing part, where, does but that they also, in? it's a sketch in improv theater. So like okay. when I was there, there would be sketch shows running, and then they started. I was on a uh, what's called the Herald team, and then they started something called Mod Teams, which was you would have a director, and then I think six writers, and you put up a show every month. And so you had to bring in two sketches every week, and then your director would give you notes, and they would pick over the course of the month like six sketches uh, that would be in the show that you put up. And so I'd write those and perform in those. And it was actually great. It was great, great training because you had to generate two sketches every week. Like you had to bring something in. There was like an authority figure giving you notes. Like if you didn't take the notes from your boss or whatever, you probably wouldn't get your sketch in the show. Even if you were like, I think it's funnier this way. It's like, but they're going to pick the running order. Um, And you worked with other people and like would get, you know, you would collaborate and get notes from other people in the group. And sometimes they were super funny and they would give you something good. And sometimes you would be dealing with a personality that you uh, (laughs) maybe would have preferred not to, but it actually wound up 
that rings. I true. thought being really good practice for a writer's room. Yeah. Um. When I when I got into that scenario, I realized like, oh, I've sort of been doing this already. Yeah. yeah. And and so. Okay. Picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Because, I mean, I don't have to tell anyone on here this, but I was in a sketch group called the Morts in the 90s in New York. Hold your applause to the end. And <laughs> uh, But we kind of dealt with this thing every time where... There were four of us in the group, and uh, myself and John Viner, who's not asked to be a part of this podcast, we, the two of us would basically write everything, and then we would watch the other two guys leaping and prancing around on stage and getting applause and roses thrown at their feet, and there was this feeling of like, well, fuck you. Like, we, we, we wrote all that. I mean, I know we're yeah. all in this together, but fuck you. So did you ever have that kind of experience where it's like, you're doing the writing and then leaping Larry comes out on stage and does a little dance in the middle of your sketch. And you're like, Oh God, Isn't that 100%. <laughs> and I was, I was, I was a performer, but they were really encouraging me. Like you should write for other people too. Like you should learn that skill and you can't just write for yourself. And so there was, you know, one month that I like wrote a sketch that went really well. Right. And then all I want to do is tell people that one was mine. Because <laughs> like everyone's going up to the people who were in it like, gosh, that was so funny. And it was like, they, they didn't do anything. Yeah. I did it. I know. I know. And then I wrote, I had written a monologue for myself like two months in a row that went fine. And then I wrote a monologue the following month. And the director was like, you really should give this to another performer. Oh, and so God. I gave it to this guy who was a really good actor. And it crushed oh. and then unrelated he gave up to me like a week later and was like so i have an snl audition i'm like going oh. to stage for lorne and i was wondering if i could do your monologue like oh. as part of the thing and i was Ouch. like no really it's mine yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like i fucking wrote it for me yeah. you know and then he was very unhappy with me about it and it was just like well i brought i brought a bunch to that you know and i was like it didn't need it it right. didn't need what you brought to it like yes when you did it it was seven minutes long that's not the best version what are these monologues like you're getting on stage in a character and saying like you know my mother this, doesn't think i'm gonna be anything i'll, I'll give i'll give you this 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 monologue because i ended up doing this this monologue went on a journey because i ended up doing it in a show that i did with dom when we went to Montreal just for laughs festival. Yeah. No big <laughs> yeah. deal. No big That's deal. right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the premise of this monologue was I'm like a Friday night lights style coach. I'm coach Taylor. Coach. I love it already. And I yeah. come out and I'm, and I'm giving a speech and I'm like, guys, you know, we're down by an awful lot. The other team 
thinks we've lost it. The fans in the crowd don't think we can win this. Hell, our own goddamn cheerleaders don't think we can win it. Me? Maybe I'm crazy, but I think we got it. And to be honest, that's not the only reason I believe I may be crazy. (laughs) And then I start going through all these things that have been happening to me where it's like, and then it becomes like a pep talk where it's like, you know, Goldie, my cereal told me not to play you in this game today. But if I listen to everything my cereal told me, I would have shot you in the chest point blank six months ago. So get on that field and win this thing. <laughs> well, like... now, wait a minute. Wait a minute now, because I'm sure your radar is up for this kind of stuff. But uh-huh. they did almost exactly that on SNL, probably after you wrote this monologue. Did you see that sketch with Will Forte in the, mm-hmm. in the halftime speech? Um... <laughs> I don't know. I no, and it, I don't. Was, I don't. The, the specific words you're bringing up are not it. There but. was a sketch. There was a sketch later that was really, really similar, where it was like somebody being like, "I'm crazy in love with you," but then like all their expressions of romance were were. Um, and my antenna was up yeah. because I did that in a sketch show. Then years later, after the first story I told you, another friend of mine had an opportunity to audition for SNL. It was like, I'm working on my audition. And I was like, do this monologue. (laughs) I just gave it to him because I was like, I'm not going to do it. I no longer have any fantasy of doing this. And he did it and he got like flown out to New York and like ended up like it, it went really well. He didn't get on the show. But, um, so I know that everyone there had seen it, but, I kind of like poked around because I knew people worked on the show. And I was like, did they take this idea? And I, I really don't think they did. So why have it's you not never, the most original thing? Why have you there. never gone down like the one man show route for yourself? Um, I guess I'm a coward, Goldie. <laughs> it is scary. That's what he's that's, getting that's, at. That's all I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Goldie, you didn't well, even, I guess I don't have even the hit him with your stones. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did. I did. I mean, well, my joke used to be uh, that your improv group is just six people who don't have the guts to do stand up when I would meet people. Because I absolutely. But I was also very jealous of it. I, I when UCB came out, I was taking in a real two-year acting program at William Esper Studios to become a theater actor. Oh. Um, and I could have gone to UCB where the original four people were teaching, and I didn't have a – it was like 180 bucks a month, and I was like, I want to be a real actor. In retrospect, yeah. <laughs> one of the worst decisions I've ever made because I could have gone to UCB, networked with comedy people, and, and maybe even been a performer. But uh, I, I want to sidebar a second because you – gave me i think it was one of if not my favorite moments ever in a writing room <laughs> awesome it was the making history writers room today we simply know as modern man <laughs> now modern man to set the backdrop is a horrible george carlin bit from late in his career that he got up and he began a special and he was old and he was like I'm a modern man. I got upsized and downvoted, and uh, like he, he's yeah, trying I can to give be you a gigabyte in a nanosecond. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's I all wordplay. Oh, yeah, he, it's all jargon. It's all, and so we would kind of, as a joke, if if someone thought of one, you would say out loud, "I'm I'm a modern man," you know, and, and you would it was it, it breaks ex- your brain. You can't stop thinking like it. Like once you start doing these little <laughs> clever. <laughs> reversals where, where it's like i go 
upstairs on the down elevator and yeah. I go downtown in an upscale car. Like, it's just yeah. like you just can't stop fucking doing it. No, and and it's it, yeah. And so we were not going to get any more work done clearly because we were, were all riffing. just riffing but almost in silence trying to riff like yes. we weren't doing much riffing <laughs> no we one was thinking about like the staring show. at each other and thinking <laughs> and then doing ones that were 70% of the way there but i i realized i said if someone would go off cuz we were saying is this actual comedy and good or is it would it yeah. be really kind of easy to do this if you decided to do it. And so Sean volunteered, if you give me two hours, I think I can come back with a modern man <laughs> monologue. And oh my God. God fucking damn it, no one recorded this because you came back and performed this hilarious, like, five-minute-long chunk of Modern Man. It was so long. Do you have oh. it still? I remember it feeling long as I did, where it, like, started out going well, and then I was like, I think I did too much of that. <laughs> no, and it was... But it to me, it, it you know, there are so few times in a room where someone's called upon to actually do the job and write. And it wasn't the job because we should have been working on the show. <laughs> That's but why as I was a so show passionate of about skill, it. <laughs> it was like it was like if you're on a football team and someone goes to the weight room and then just squats 700 pounds and just goes like, see, you fuckers, like, <laughs> yeah. if I want to do this. <laughs> yes. Yes, I I can fucking do it, and I I just uh, you know I've always just been so uh, so impressed by your brain and your ability to do that, and that was just an example of pure comedy for me, which was not not easy. Which to in the end, the show Goldie. got canceled. We should have been doing the show, <laughs> but like, thank you so much, Goldie. It's it's that that's really nice, and I heard you talk about it on the episode where you talked about room bits, and I was really flattered. To <laughs> yes. Be. In the, nice in the annals with Mrs. Manicotti and, <laughs> oh, and the other yeah. legendary room bits. And as you told it, too, the mission statement was, you said, if somebody wants to actually write one of these... <laughs> I'll give you I'll give you basically the rest of the day off. Oh, okay. <laughs> like you, you cuz we were like on a floor. That's leadership. And then our our <laughs> offices were downstairs. You were like if somebody really wants to do it just so we can like stop trying to do it and I was like I'm doing it. <laughs> like downstairs. <laughs> but um great. uh I did I I leapt at the chance but I really uh appreciate it. And but has too much of your career been that? Been what? <laughs> Been displays of comedy at at your own expense at the expense for no one of doing yeah. the compromised <laughs> job. Yeah, I had a boss when I worked at Workaholics. Uh, the showrunner Kevin Etten, would be like, "What you do in this room is so close to what your job is. <laughs> it's it's almost funny. imperceptible." <laughs> Because I would always, like, we'd be stuck, and I would just start pitching a story, like, in the most genuine, like, deadpan way, pitching a story that was a fake story that we wouldn't do, but it was just off. Like, it's like, wait a minute. What if the dudes get so high? <laughs> it was just uh, well, um, I would submit rubits. it. I would submit that, and Goldie, you, you've been on about this forever, and you're 100% right. It's like... You talk often about the difference between some writers who are, you know, who will get hired and be part of a room. And then there are writers who come in 
and actually create tangible comedy for you to say, that was funny, this guy just thought that up. And I would submit that even though that was not for air on Making History and it was all just kind of a diversion, it's one of those moments where, and I know, Goldie, you hired uh, Sean again, and you've worked with him and you speak very highly of him all the time. And it's it's that thing that a writer, a real comedy writer needs to be able to do is you need to be able to, when the rubber hits the road, make people laugh, come up with comedy, come up with your own thing. And so I think that this sidelight thing is kind of hand in hand with what it's all about, even though it seems like a waste of time. It really isn't. Yeah. Well, I, I think what Sean says. has is, and maybe because of the improv background, is that when you start riffing, when you do apply yourself, and I think you imagine yourself in the role of the characters, I've never seen anyone make the writer's assistant work harder to just keep <laughs> up with like a, like a full page or two of a scene that you're able to sort of inhabit both sides of and almost, you know, see ahead like you, you, like a chess expert in two or three moves ahead like you seem to have a puzzle mind for comedy is, is that what's going on in your head or are you just fucking riffing thank you no yeah i think that that is some of the improv uh background did kind of make me feel like that that is how i write is i'm i'm playing out the scene and i'm sort of like doing both sides of the scene in my head and i've had um uh a lot of practice at doing that and if you go see good long form improv and I, you know, some people that's an oxymoron, I guess, but um, <laughs> what, what, what is really good is when something that's funny or seems random in an early scene in the show can wrap back around to become meaningful. Like it's those, you know, the callbacks that end up feeling organic where it's like, Oh God, they must've planned this out from the beginning. And I think yeah. that you do start to, look for that stuff and and practice um creating those moments so uh thank you that's very nice but yeah that is i think when i am writing that's i guess the the place where i'm most comfortable is like going through dialogue exchanges and and being able to do that that's why i, I would just always prefer to write a two-person scene with no movement because <laughs> 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 i yep. don't want to think about anything else um <laughs> great point but very very nice thank you so much for your compliments may i compliment goldie for a moment just because yes, i'm honored being so nice because you you are uh, being it's very flattering and you're saying you know that you did not like me right away because you thought that i was so funny but i do i do appreciate goldie Hiring me multiple times, as you mentioned. Hey, I'm no idiot. If, if like, I can <laughs> yeah. exploit you ruthlessly, why wouldn't I do that? But it's not. As a showrunner, like, having worked for Goldie, it's like, I do think of him as someone. And by the way, this podcast is a great venue for you. Because oh, you awesome. are you are a joke machine. A true, yes. <laughs> a true joke machine. Like, like, I have never seen. You generate you. jokes, like set up, punchline, jokes. And just and when we would do, you know, episodes of the show, you would sit and just like dictate what it is. And and it was joke after joke after joke. And you can make those in a way that like uh I, I am jealous of. Um and I was always very impressed by. It. And you're you're good at 
all the pieces of it. You have oh, like a, you. a great mind, but I do think um, it's really, really impressive. And I love hearing you rant at the top of these shows because you come in, you have a take, often an insane take. And then because you were like a high school like debate star or something, <laughs> yeah. you well, somehow, which is what no, great, it's not debatable. <laughs> what great. I think stand-up is often is like you say something that I disagree with and then you manage to like bring me all the way around to be like, hey, wait, yeah. maybe this is how everything should work. This <laughs> stupid thing Goldie just said. He's a master at that. That I was against. I thank you for that. Uh, that's very kind. I think, you know, I know you you have a time constraint here, so I'll we'll get you going. Having learned not enough about you and having totally not had you discuss the most interesting parts of your career, we'll have to have you back. Absolutely. But, but um, I do wonder if you and I are kindred spirits in a way in that we write for a career and then there's the pride of when the joke works, when we see it, the anger that it's not us out there <laughs> and then the quiet belief that it should be us out there. And this is a grand injustice that we're not getting the credit and that they're not doing the words right. You, oh, yeah. Is that accurate? Yeah. So because because I do uh, think that when I am pitching stuff in a room, I, I mean, I, I'll get false positives. It's funnier than the Cause show. Because I'll sell it. <laughs> right, <laughs> like, right. I think sometimes I perform it in a way where it's like, if you do it exactly like this, it will work. And then <laughs> you have actors up there doing it and you go, Sean, this scene doesn't work. <laughs> like, like We all thought this was funny in the room. And then I do quietly go like, yeah, that's right, because I should have been. <laughs> but, but I have to put that away. And you, at great personal cost, did put me in making history. And I know it was a battle. You were hilarious, though. But I, I, the thing is, had, had this been now, it wouldn't have been a battle because writers are more accepted as performers now. It just... It was the last wave of of the separate the ironclad separation where they were like, no, you're a writer, so you can't be on the show. Now it's like we got this great writer performer, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So all the young people are benefiting from it, but you were all <laughs> missed the boat. You know, we're all doing people. fine, gang. Uh, you're you're ten years behind us. You're doing fine. So uh, b before yeah. we let you go. Um, What's uh, what are you working on these days besides the hilarious uh, Hollywood Handbook podcast? So yes, we we do that podcast. Uh, I'm currently writing for a Netflix show called Unstable. Um, oh yeah, with Rob, Rob Lowe. Lowe, yeah, and Johnny Lowe, oh. who Goldie met at the Grinder as well. Oh yeah, Nepo baby. <laughs> no, we like John Lowe. No, but I mean that's the term, right? Come it's on. yeah. We can't escape Goldie's saying, come on, come on. Yes, we, 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 I'm not saying we don't like him. I'm just hey, using that term that you like to say. That's my boss. <laughs> hey, that 27-year-old kid is my boss. <laughs> you watch your mouth, Sulkin. <laughs> so, uh, um, but that'll come out uh, March 30th on Netflix. We're writing season two, but it's pre-green light. So fingers yeah. crossed, everybody, uh, <laughs> if you believe in season two, go ahead and clap for us. <laughs> yes. Um, and right. maybe it'll yes. make Netflix pick us up. And I'm just and I'm just gearing up. I'm trying to line up like what what scab work I want to do during this trial. <laughs> uh, as, as David Goodman, David Goodman, uh, you know, as you know him, and he was mm -hmm. on our one of the first guests on our podcast, and I texted him recently because he's highly involved with the WGA. 
And uh, I texted him what I thought was a nice text saying like, hey, David, we'd love to have you back on the podcast. You'd be our first ever returning guest to talk about this impending strike. Instantly got an incredibly angry text back. There is no impending strike. That is what... (laughs) The studios want you to believe they've spread the word and you're buying it. And I was just like, okay, I'm sorry. Awesome. Never heard back from him. <laughs> so uh, don't we talk about a strike. It's not happening. I'm Maybe we, we should all just do a podcast where we're doing dueling Goodmans talking about what's going to happen. And it's an improv podcast. Yeah. And it's David Goodman's way in on, on the future of the WGA. <laughs> right. yes, and then yeah. he can call in. Just, just what we always come up with, uh, ideas with a nice big audience that's going to enjoy them. <laughs> <laughs> All you Goodman fans out there, hang on to your hats. God forbid Finally. the people creating the thing have fun. <laughs> <laughs> Let's dumb it down. Uh, well, Sean, we know you do have to get uh, into your job, your I, aforementioned I you job. So. We appreciate. I had never met you. It was great yeah. meeting you. You're hilarious, when as you Goldie has said many times. And uh, we thank you for being thank here. Thank you. Yes. And I'll let thank Goldie you so give... much for having me, guys. Yeah. And um, hey, man, if Goodman doesn't want to be the first returning guest, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There we go. Let's call up the kid, brother. <laughs> the kid. I'm for you. <laughs> All right. Oh thank God, you, so Sean. Yeah. Clements. Thank you. God, Goldie, he was so funny. Your friend Sean yes. was one of my hilarious. favorites so well, far. Well, then cut me out of the equation already and just be friends with him. <laughs> oh, I'm no. considering it. Boy, I love that guy. He's yeah, incredible. I can see why. He, yeah, he's very funny, and and he's and got. Uh, I know this is mostly a, an audio experience for our listeners, but he has an absolute devilish smile to him at all times. <laughs> yeah. That just it, it put it makes you laugh before he's even said anything. Yeah. He uh, might he, be the funniest. Um, er, in the world, the way he uses um, <laughs> yeah. it's like a perfect show of contempt for the listener. I love that. Um. Yeah, and uh, so yes, listeners. I mean, we want you. We're so happy you listen to our podcast, but you should definitely listen to his uh, Hollywood Handbook with Hayes Davenport. The the two of them are very funny together. And go listen yes. to Goldie's episodes. Uh, he yes. was on there a couple times. Uh, but now let's get into a portion of the show we like to call Top Five. Top Five! Oh, All right. <laughs> JC, this was your category this week. Tell us what we're Top Five and about. Top Five Baselines. Yeah. Yes. Oh, right. Oh. I guess I'm going foist, You're going right? foist. Okay. So um, I'm going to take a sip real quick. Yeah. <laughs> I think about that when you did that to Goldie last week. Okay. <laughs> My number five. I always go back to the song. Sorry for the redundancy, but this bass line was such a large part of my life. Hysteria by Muse. If you haven't heard it yet, when you listen to it, you'll know that it's the it's an incredible bass line. Okay. My number four is actually key bass. It is Chameleon by Herbie Hancock. Boom, 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 boom. You probably you're heard the, of it. You're don't in even the music know. world. You're in the music yeah. world. I think you've heard it. You just didn't know what it was okay. called. Okay, number three, Girls and Boys by Blur. Oh, You Blur's, know the song. Oh I do. I can't think of it off the top of my head, but yes. I love Blur. It's, it's, it's a great one. Really yeah. so, so good. Number two, Sledgehammer. Yeah. I almost put this number one. It could be number one, but it is 
amazing. Peter Gabriel's? Yes. Oh, yes. okay. This I'll have to re-listen to that with oh, a baseline in mind. Woo, it's so good. Tony Levin. Tony Levin on the bass. And number one. He's good 11. Have you ever wanted to be someone's sledgehammer? I haven't. <laughs> I want to be. That's pretty good point. Show me around your fruitcakes. <laughs> and my number one is Billie Jean. Yeah, Ooh, we got that's overlap. A oh, wow. Good job, you two. Overlap on that. I love it. Um, all right, I'll get into my top five. Okay. Number five for me is a song... By the Pretenders, called My City Was Gone. Oh. I hmm. know that one. It's like, a.k.a. Back to Ohio. I went back to Ohio. Oh, yeah. It's a really nice driving constant. Nice it's not very challenging as a bass line, <laughs> but it's very cool. Here's another not challenging bass line, easy for me to say, but just so it, it. if you listen to it in, in car speakers speeding Ooh. down Route 9 in a yes. Dodge Stealth, it yes. will change your life, <laughs> which I have done. Uh, Led Zeppelin's Dazed and Confused. Ooh, nice. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. And number three, I sent JC a little sneak preview of this 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 week. It's a song from the swing era. Dad, this one's for you. Big Noise from Winnetka. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Goldie knows it. Sure. No, I don't. If you want to listen to it, there are several versions. The one you want to listen to is if you type in Big Noise from Winnetka, Woody Allen. He uses it in Manhattan Murder Mystery. It's fantastic. It's the stand-up bass, you know, swing era. Uh, Number two from the world of rap. Uh, It's a song called Don't Sweat the Technique. Oh, yes. Oh, what a bass line that has. And it's also stand-up bass. Um, And number one for me... Same, we were in the almost, I think, the same year as Billie Jean, maybe mm. a year earlier. Duran Duran's Rio. Rio, that was almost made oh, my list. That's really, uh, really that's a difficult. Challenging yes. baseline <laughs> and really good. Yes. All right, Goldie, what do you got? Uh, mine tend to be more iconic Ooh, than cool. he, he, he seemed to have done more uh, indie choices. Number five <laughs> is Stand By Me. Wow, the that's really good. The simplicity of it when, yeah. you, when you hear so it. So memorable, in. too. Yes. Uh, I have a tie for number four. Total cop-out. I don't think I've done okay. it before. You have? Really, I pull, put these two out. kind of laterally. Uh, the Beastie Boys' Sabotage oh, and White Stripes' that? Seven Nation Army. Oh, I, that was almost that was on my list. Too. I can't believe I forgot about Beastie Boys. Yeah. That's great. Number three, The Cure, Just Like Heaven. Oh, that was okay. also wow, Goldie. When Dang. when you hear it kick in, well, then number two was Billie Jean, which nice. you did. And number Ooh. one, I just can't believe no one else even mentioned this. Uh-oh. Ice Ice Baby oh. slash Under Pressure. Under Pressure. Oh, it, you it's had two on, ties. Well, <laughs> well no, it's no, no, similar basically. Yeah. Well, I had a I had in parentheses for my, my number five was under pressure. So I had to at the last minute chose hysteria over under pressure. So. But but do you, so but you right. go under pressure over another one bites the dust in terms of Yeah, oh, I don't like another one bites the dust. Yeah. I hate Ooh. that song. <laughs> I actually once counted and I think in that song, 23 bite the dust. <laughs> it's not that many. It's just like this song should be called 23 bite the dust. <laughs> 23 and me yeah. bite the dust. So it's my turn next week. Yes. It is. What do we get? I, I get. have what I think is, I'm, I'm pretty proud of this. Ooh. Good, good. The top five people 
you thought were super important as a kid that no one cares about now? Ooh, wow. Oh, that's good. That's good. I'm ready That's like down. your, that reminds me in a great way of your early one of like top uh, five things, things you, you thought, thought were fancy. This person's not going to be on it for me, but I'll just give you an example. Okay. Dan Quayle. <laughs> right, 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 right. No one cares about Dan Quill. Never Dan. gets mentioned. He was the vice president. He was super important. He did the potato. He spelled it with an E. He fucked up. It was a, every punchline for about six years was Dan Quill. Is he alive? That no one cares. <laughs> uh, I'm happy to report oh he is alive. <laughs> Um, and he's running this year, so <laughs> he should. Uh, I know, never a better opportunity. All right, well, that'll be fun next week. And now let's end the show as we do every week on a high note. <laughs> oh, Tom and Max, a little longer than we expect every week. Um, Tom, we miss you, buddy. We know Morty's yes. dead. We know you're sad about that, but yes. we would. Love I think to. Morty could. There's revolutionary technology. He Ooh. could be brought back with AI, or they, yes. they might even like you know. Bring but him I back wondered. To life. I wondered upload. if his comment about Morty being dead was just a veiled comment to us, like he's done with us. Oh, oh does he no. hate us now? No, uh, no, 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 no. He's working. I, I don't think. So. I no, hope no. not. But I, yeah. that, of course, my mind interpreted it in a negative way. Like, oh, you don't want to do more, so you don't want to be on the show anymore. You're not <gasps> I listening. I hope <laughs> none we of said this is the case. One thing yes. that pissed him off a month ago. That we we miss you, Tom. We do. Yeah. Um, all right. So quickly, my high note. What else could it be? It's tall, dude. Yeah, dude, <laughs> dude bro, man. We're just, we're ha- yeah, come on, bro. Of course. Obviously, it's my main chick, dude. Um, yeah, That's no, we, we've been having, uh, I would say, a record-setting week. So. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Happy Thank to you. hear it. Yes. Thank you. Uh, I, can I go second? I feel Please. like I never go second. I know. You always let second. me go, so you go. So on top of having my, my good friend Sean Clements on, yeah, which, great. that's a cop-out I've never seen. So about a year ago... Um, my younger kid dropped something on my foot oh, and ooh. my second toenail got very bloody Yeah, and it was at the base of the nail. And I was looking at this bloody toenail for a long, long time. And then it started to come up. The blood started to rise a little bit in the nail and rise and rise. And it was inching, inching toward the edge of the nail and this week, I finally what? cut the bloody tip Woo! off my toenail, and I have a regular toenail. I am back to zero. Oh, yeah. I was so sick of looking at a blood blob on my foot, and it's finally gone, and I'm so yes. happy. Oh. Blood blob. Bye. As you were... As you were saying, you were watching it rise. I was picturing Herb Alpert's rise that we were playing <laughs> with a, a time, a time uh, release photo of your toenail. <laughs> Time um, lapse would be the way to say that. Time, yes, time I, lapse. instead of time release, right? Okay, yeah. understood. My, I have a very simple, also sort of back to zero high note, which is I've been trying to learn how to relax more because I'm really bad mm. at it. Um, and one of the things that I've rediscovered is drinking tea at night. I kind of just oh. stopped doing this, and and I've just gone and purchased a bunch of teas. And if anybody has any tea recommendations, I've been purchasing... Tea, or Republic of Tea. That's the brand I'm on right now. But if anybody else has any recommendations, please send them in. 
to. I got a tea recommendation for you. <laughs> Coffee. <laughs> I know. Stu would say the same thing. Uh, yeah. If you have any tea suggestions or any other thoughts, please email us at a typical disgusting display at gmail.com. And uh, we have gotten some emails about baselines, so those did not go unseen. I yeah, just, we wait, thank you for great, those. Yeah. Those were those were great suggestions. Although whoever sent them in, I forget who it was. I didn't recognize any. Jeff, was that Jeff McInnes? Uh, Dave this, McInnes? No, Joshua Orion. Ah, uh, I was close. And then, oh, Greg McInnes. Sorry, Greg yes. McInnes. That was right. about Predator, though. Oh, right, right, yes. right. Yeah, he came at you about Naked Gun. Um, right, and all right. Well, Sean was awesome. We yes. thank you all for listening to him and us, and I thank you two for being awesome. Thank and you. we will talk to you again next week. Next week. That was fun. And it stops right now. Twenty three bite the dust.